0: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: Well, welcome back to another episode of Parker's Pensies. This is a podcast where we explore thoughts in philosophy, theology, nature, and life. I love thinking about cool stuff, so come think with me. Today, I have another special guest, uh, but before we jump in, I just want to thank everyone on Patreon and everyone who supports me on Anchor. You guys are awesome, you guys are making it happen. If you are listening and you're not a supporter and you like the show, consider supporting me. Uh, buy a mug from uh, the link in the description, buy a sweatshirt, do something you know, uh, that would be awesome. But uh, without further ado, uh, today's guest is a recurring guest. Uh, He's a return guest and hopefully uh, becomes a recurring guest. And we're gonna be talking about all sorts of physics and uh, time travel and light speed of light kind of stuff. So uh, if you've listened before, then you'll know my my next guest here is Sean Ressler. Sean, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, man.
0: Yes, I'm so glad to be back.
1: You're you're uh, one of my favorites here because you you look so young, man. You look like super young, and you have a PhD. And you're like, can you explain what what do you call yourself? Are you a research? What do you call yourself?
0: Postdoc. So postdoc or okay. researcher or just postdoc.
1: Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if you guys use that terminology too. Yeah. Okay. So you're a postdoc researcher, and are and you're continuing to research uh, black holes and black hole accretion. Is that right? Yes okay
0: using computer simulations mainly
1: yes dude that's what that's what i didn't know so we were talking before this and you said most most of what you do is using computers computer simulations uh like what does that look like what are you doing
0: it's a lot of coding well there's different stages of every project it always starts out like coding okay hardcore like if then if then else blah 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 like all
1: that's that's making the simulation that's making like the simulated world or whatever It's
0: Yeah, so it's basically you put in all the equations of physics that are relevant to the problem, and you let a computer solve it because these these equations together are so complicated that they're like, there's like one analytic solution that's not useful for anything. Yeah, and so you give them the equations, you put in some initial conditions, like start, I don't know, there's like a bunch of gas surrounding a black hole, and you let it go, and then the simulation just goes forward in time, and then so you get data at Every so often it dumps out a bunch of data and you look at it. So it depends on what stage of the project that you're in. It's either like coding, which for me, it's not actually writing the whole simulation. A bunch okay. of other much smarter and more meticulous people have done that. Yeah. So there's A bunch of codes available either publicly or privately. The ones I'm using are public. And so like people very well trusted, very meticulous, very well tested code and then you add your own flavor to it. So you add a bunch of extra physics or you just adapt it to the problem that you want and you run it. And so okay. so running it involves like you get time on supercomputers. So the, the government owns a bunch of supercomputers all over the the, uh, the country.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So there's like one in Texas that I'm using right now. And so it's like you submit, you, you like say, okay, well, the simulation itself would take like longer than the lifetime of me if it was just on one computer. Yeah. So like many, many lifetimes for me. Like it, it would it would be like my great great grandchildren be like <laughs> finally get the adults and then they'll be like, oh crap, there was a bug. Yeah. yeah. What a waste. <laughs> uh, so you divide it up between a bunch of different computers. So generally it's like thousands of computers are all working at once. Communicate. Okay. And so then you run it, you wait a little bit, you check in on it, see if it's doing something reasonable. And then you look at the data and then that that's the part that takes the longest. It's like running it and coding is sort of, it's fun. It's huh. sort of fun. It depends on how you're always debugging. So it depends on how annoying the bug is okay. whether it's like some technical thing or something that's more enlightening. But then there's the analysis phase, which is also fun, but it's the hardest
1: is that, so, is that interpretation? Is that you look yeah, at it?
0: Exactly. So it's like taking up, like, like, I describe it as like looking at clouds, like okay. if you're looking up in the sky at clouds and you're thinking like, it just looks like a bunch of random stuff, unless you like have like an artistic mind and you sure. like look at it deeply. And then you're like, Oh, that actually really looks like a dog. And so you like, you, you, you look at it more and more and you describe how it really like keep finding more ways that it looks like a dog. And then you, you, like right up, okay. This is how why it looks like a dog. This is how it looks like a dog. You put a paper out, but then there's other people that look at it. Actually, that looks kind of like a cat to me. But like, so it's there's some human element there. Okay. But the data, what I'm trying to say is that the data is like really complicated. Mm-hmm. But you have to really figure out what you want to look at, and so you end up. What ends up happening is that you're just you have this data, and you're like, what if I plot this versus this? Oh, that's nonsense. What if I plot this versus this versus this? Oh, that kind of looks like something. But usually, you have to have some kind of idea of what's going on, and that tells you what to look at, what to plot. Okay. And then there's a point. There's always a point. You're like, there's I, like this is just a whole. This is a mess. This is a mess. Ah, oh, like I plot everything versus everything. Nothing makes that much sense. This weird thing's happening, and then like something clicks, and you have the right interpretation, or at least a interpretation, and you can all start like taking the chaos and making into this nice paper and you just write it out, describe it. Of course, you're honest about everything you did. Like, it's not, I'm not 100% sure that this is what's going on, but this is, seems to be the best evidence. And then that's, I, I like that part a lot. Like, once you have the idea, and then you're sort of just, it's sort of like, like, I, I hate, I'm bad at analogies. I'm going to make a bad. <laughs> analogy. But cooking, I always think of like, you're creating order from chaos with cooking. Yeah. You have all these ingredients all over the place. And I feel like there's like, there's like a time ticking down and you have to like organize all these things into this night meat level package before the time runs out.
1: That's and good. That's, that's good. analogy
0: Yeah.
1: I like that. You, know, you, so far you've used clouds and cooking, man. You're, yeah. on, you're on a roll. Well, uh, so many questions from that. Just, uh, we'll get into the more stuff, uh, the, the stuff we planned on talking about, but like, why is, why is someone putting uh, free, why are people making, uh, their code public? Like, why would they do that just for the good of humanity?
0: I, I guess that's the, the the hopeful interpretation. I think so. I mean, because they, they still, like, when, when they put their code out, then they get, like, eight – for one, they get, like, eight billion citations if it's –
1: Oh, a, nice. Eight. And that's good.
0: That benefits yeah. them. But really, it is kind of selfless, the people that work on it a lot. Huh. Because they're constantly updating it, constantly – on undoing some bugs that were like in there that only one person ever used that particular part of the code. So they found this bug and they'll be like, okay, let's fix this. And then they spend all this time on it, but that, you can't write a paper about just that most of the time, usually one paper that describes the code, but then they spend like years and years and years updating this code so that other people can use it. Wow. Um. So, like, everybody else is using their code, doing science, publishing papers, getting academic, like, status. Yeah. And some of these people, not that they're not also getting status, but they're they're sort of, like, underground. And they don't have as many publications because they're working on the code, yeah. like, full time. So, like, some of the people have tenure, so it doesn't really matter. They just enjoy mm-hmm. doing that kind of thing. Others are grad students. So, they got to always strike the right balance between doing the code, like updating this code and doing science. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I, like, I feel like I would enjoy doing it, but I'm also at the same time be like, should I be doing not be doing like, why is this bad for my career to be working on this code so much? Right. So I'm not exactly sure their motivation, but they they all seem to be very uh, generous with their time. Seriously, maybe they are just the best of humanity. So. Yeah,
1: yeah. Maybe that's it.
0: That's well they um, This is like the modern day Gandhi.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone's gonna be upset by that. But uh what 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 uh what system do you use? Uh I don't I don't know a ton, but some of my guys are like uh Mackeys, uh the guys I disciple and they'll tell me about like apple pie and stuff like this. Are you using one of those like programs to
0: I don't know what Apple Pie is other than...
1: Maybe I'm getting it wrong, but I think it's a coding uh, language. Okay.
0: Yeah, thing. so I'm, I'm not familiar with that. So this code is just written in like C++.
1: Okay, I've heard of that.
0: And, and then all the analysis I do is in Python. So everybody uses okay. Python for analysis. Okay. And C++ and C are generally the standard for simulations because they're faster. Okay. The python is very easy to use. It's nice. It has prepackaged stuff, but it's very very slow. Okay. If you run a simulation on there, you'd ha- be having a bad time.
1: Yeah, that's why the supercomputers uh, come in handy. Yeah. Well, so, so, well how how are you how are you getting like It's so weird that the government owns them and they let people use them, but it you just put in like yeah, a, a re- you put in like a request and and they yeah. they let you do so it.
0: I just submitted one on Friday. So, me and uh, Chris White at, at Princeton now, and then a couple of professors. So, okay. we did so crit. So, I'm the lead author, even just because, like, the way there's this it's, it's a pain actually doing this because they always find these dumb problems with your proposal that are irrelevant to what you want to do. Like, Oh, you're on this proposal. This other guys on this proposal with the same people. Why didn't you merge your proposals? You should have just had one proposal together. So instead we're just going to cut your proposal in half. Okay. How is that helping? But so we, we had to combine our proposal, but then he's actually asking for like at least twice as much time as I am. So it's kind of, but it's like this mashed together proposal. But you, yeah, you write this proposal, you say, I have this code, I wanna do this for this scientific reason. So we'll be able to publish some papers about this stuff. And then you say, I have this code and it runs really well in your system in a way that it scales very well, which that means if you run it on one computer, if you run it on two computers, if you run it on 10 computers, it scales, co- like it goes twice as fast, 10 times as fast, okay. like you would expect yeah otherwise they'll be like oh you're just wasting our like you're running on 100 computers but it's the same speed as running on 10 what are you doing
1: yeah 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 dang that's so interesting so i did i had no idea you'd have to do so much computer science stuff and then yes. you got interpretation and you, you know it's people who have are, are used to looking at the same clouds that you're looking at and they tell you the whether you're right or wrong is that through through the peer review process like are they able to look at the simulations you ran or do they just they look at the data did.
0: In practice, they almost people. Mm, sometimes we exchange data, but it's usually okay. more collaborative than like. Oh, I want to see what wrong you're doing, and just like to, to check. Like for instance, if you're trying to check two different codes and see if they get the same result, then you share your data. Yeah, like, there are a couple of papers that do that. Okay. But usually, it's like we ran the simulation. Of this type and then we ran this simulation that is sort of similar but used different methods and we got this result and there may or may not be the same and then you sort of debate within the paper about why there are differences. Okay. Which is usually very annoying. <laughs> you have to figure out exactly why they differ even though they seem to be basically the same thing.
1: Yeah. Dang, man. Yeah, this, this stuff's crazy. It's It's all crazy to me but not as crazy as like the one-way speed of light that we were talking about before um so let's jump in let's that's my segue let's jump into the one-way speed of light um you've you kind of looked into a little bit of this since we've last talked is that right yes um okay because i'm i'm not super great at uh at laying it out for us so it's, it's my understanding that you cannot measure the one-way speed of light
0: that because, is true
1: okay so you would you, you you agree with that yes okay
0: to our current knowledge Okay, I have to be honest when you said this and then I started looking it up right afterwards. I was like, this has to be like some crazy thing. That's yeah,
1: man. I was hoping. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No way. I was like, whoa, wait a second.
1: It's crazy. It's crazy. When I first heard it, too, I, I heard it from a, a Christian apologist, and I was like, "Yeah, All it's right, like, man." One of
0: the things that a Christian apologist would bring up, like they had no idea what they were talking about, but like,
1: right. And so I was like, "There's no way." So I'm asking you, and then you didn't really. You were like, "I don't know. what You're talking about." So, uh, yeah. So it is like a real thing. Can you explain? Just are you able to explain why that is? Why why we I can't?
0: So. I'll try. Okay. I, can. I, I believe I understood it about two nights ago, which is like when yeah. I had the actual realization about why. Yeah. So the basic issue so the basic issue is that you can't really know what is happening right now at a different place in space. So if the only reason we seem simultaneous right now is cuz we're communicating via light signals or whatever the heck computers communicate with so that we're synced up. Yeah. But there's no real way that I can compare with your clock with my clock without that communication. And that communication is always going to involve light. Yes. Because that's that's the fastest way that you can communicate. Yeah. So when you're trying to say, okay, this is happening now where you are, and this is now where I am, you have to make an assumption about the speed of light in terms of whether it's the same as if it, if it was going one way or a round trip. Yeah. Because round trip speed, you can easily measure, well, easily, <laughs> easily measure by because you're at the same place you just you know when it it left and you yeah. know when it comes back so as long as you know the distance between two things then you know how long it took it to go there and back so yeah. you can say okay that's the dis twice the distance divided by the time that it took it to come to return to the same spot that's yep. just the speed of light but then you could say well what if the speed of light depends on either direction that it's going or it depends on space like what if it gets slower as it goes and then and then it gets faster just in a way that would take the same amount of time to go back and forth as if it was going at one speed the whole time. Yeah. And there's no actual way. So first you can think about trying to do this, just measuring literally measuring the speed of light, like going from one, one spot to another spot. Mm -hmm. And any way that you try to any experiment that you try to set up that will do that ends up involving using light signals to communicate what time this came this hit this the second hand to, t- to tell the first hand what time that was yeah. so you're using the thing that you're trying to measure in order to measure the thing that you're trying to measure so it's a, you can't do that like you yeah. you ba- it basically all cancels out and you get there's no way to measure the speed of light that way yeah and i said oh that's yeah but you don't have to do that there's this thing called the doppler shift so the doppler shift is light is moving or the source is moving source of light is moving and so if it's moving very fast close to the speed of light the light that was emitted at some frequency is going to appear or it's going to be absorbed at a higher frequency because it's mm-hmm. sort of like the wave is getting pushed together by the moving thing in the same way with a car okay. like shift also happens with sound
1: yeah like, okay That's, foreign, that's I know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: higher frequency and a a horn going away from you has a lower frequency. This is
1: when the, when the ice cream man drives past you and you hear yeah. the, the pitch like, change. <whistles> that
0: kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. yeah. Or the fire truck. Yeah. And so that happens with light too, as long as you're going close to the speed of light. So my idea, so it's wrong, but this is what my idea was, is that, okay, well, can't you just measure the Doppler shift then? Because if, if the speed of light is infinite or something in one direction, there would never be a Doppler shift. Because you would never be able to go fast enough that you were, your speed was comparable to the light. Mm-hmm. And so it would always just basically be the same frequency. But then in the other direction, you would get a Doppler shift uh, because the speed of light was slower. So your, your speed would be able to catch up or at least get close to the speed of light. So you have this Doppler shift. Yeah, so There was actually an experiment. I looked at this. There was an experiment where you had a, a beam of light, a laser on like a, a wheel, mm-hmm. and you go around really fast on this wheel. And if the speed of light depended on what direction you were going, you would get different doc- different Doppler shifts depending on where, because there was like an observer all around yeah. something the light. And so you would get a different frequency at every point if there was any dependence uh-huh. on this, the, if the, the speed of light was different in any direction. So they did that and they found no noticeable difference. But okay. the, then another paper pointed out that there was a problem there. So the problem is that the time, it's again this thing you don't really know when now is. Okay. And so like if you if you imagine something is a thousand light years away, uh-huh. which is to say if or no, let's say one light year, that's easiest. One light year away. So light, if it traveled at a constant speed in every direction, would take one year to get here. Mm-hmm. So you observe a signal here from that a light signal. And, and it's and it says okay i'm leaving right now like this yeah. is there it says i'm leaving right now so and then it gets here in like 0.99 years or no 0.9 yeah 0.99 years so um, it's traveling very close to what we would say is the speed of light
1: uh-huh.
0: and so but we say okay i left one year ago because that's when we got the signal and it, it got here one year later from there but then if you if the speed of light in that direction was infinite Actually, even though you thought it was the regular speed of light, that signal would have actually been emitted just when you got it. So not one year ago.
1: Yeah, it, it would have happened in, I'm like instantaneously.
0: Yeah, but then that object traveled that amount of distance in a much shorter amount of time than you you figured. Right. If you thought that that happened a year ago, but that actually happened like just now. Yeah. And yet the object just got to you anyway. So, what ends up happening is that in this interpretation, all these velocities sort of scale up with the speed of light so that all the physics is the same. Yeah. Least, that's how I understand it.
1: Yeah. It's okay. I
0: think- like a redefinition of time itself instead of like actually, because it's almost the, the idea is that measuring a speed is almost arbitrary when you. When the speed of light is something that you're not assuming to be something.
1: Yeah, yeah, because the speed of light is so important for all of our measurements.
0: So I think the idea is that everything, if you just assume that the speed of light is the same in every direction, all the physics, all the results that you get are exactly the same as if the speed of light in one direction was infinite and the other direction was half the speed of light. There's no way to actually measure that. Yeah. Just the way special relativity works.
1: Yeah. Uh so it like it doesn't really affect
0: yeah, I don't know the- if that was a good explanation. It's sort of like it's just blossoming in my brain. <laughs> because I like I, I was like, the Doppler shift has to be. It has to be it, you have to be able to measure this. But the reason I was confused is because I was thinking about if the speed of light was infinite everywhere, because then everything special relativity doesn't matter anymore. It's just like Newtonian physics.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it's it depends it matters that it's not just that it's infinite everywhere, but it's infinite in one particular direction. And then it's regular in the, or half of the speed in the, the other direction.
1: Yeah. And when you, when you say infinite, uh, I, I think of like instantaneous. Is yeah. It, it seems that that's, that's what you mean, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Infinite. Okay. Which is, it's crazy because it wouldn't, as long as we still have like the round trip and we just divide that by two yeah. and assume that's the speed of light then all of our stuff still works so it doesn't like mess with the neurophysics it just it just means like we can never actually know the one-way speed of light because it might be different leaving its source than coming to its source it might it might go from its source to wherever it's going instantaneously but then take twice the uh, speed of light to come back and so when we divide that by two it still looks like our one-way yeah. speed of light through our mathematics, we can't even, actually measure it.
0: Even then, you have to be a little careful about the language you're using. Okay. Because even saying it's instantaneous is like you're still assuming something about what time is, about when is now. The It's almost like it's not – I'm not sure if this distinction makes sense, but it's like okay. – Like You think about the speed of light being infinite as if everything else is the same and the speed of light is just infinite. But it's actually – the speed of light is infinite and then like all the other velocities and times change as well. So velocity is no longer what you would think of as velocity. It's going to be this thing that seems like it's much faster than you would have ordinarily assumed.
1: If the speed of light is infinite?
0: Yeah. Because it's, it's not just taking the known physics and then – making the speed of light infinite. It's sort of like all the physics sort of scales with the speed of light, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like the speed of light is now 10 times faster, but all the velocities are 10 times faster. Not exactly 10 times, but right. The idea.
1: Yeah. It would so scale. Almost like
0: It doesn't really m- make any difference.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, it's, which is all crazy because you would, you would think when, no, we can, we can observe this and that we can look at some changes, but no, it, it would all scale along with it. Yeah. And so you really just cannot at least from from what people think today like you cannot know the actual one way speed of light. Yeah. Which is nuts. That's crazy.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, and and it's it's because of it's it's because of uh ge- uh special rel- relativity or general yeah. is yeah. it which one? Relativity. Special. Okay. Yeah. And we talked, we talked a little bit about that, but um, can you fill us in again? Like what, what's special? So
0: so just to define what special relativity is, it starts from two postulates that Einstein came up with. Mm -hmm. So the first is the physics. Physics is the same when you're in an inertial reference frame, no matter what that inertial reference frame is. An inertial reference frame is a reference frame that is not subject to forces or acceleration.
1: Is this a vacuum or?
0: No, if you're like, I'm in an inertial frame right now, well, Technically I'm not, but because the earth is accelerating, but like a stationary frame, a frame moving at constant velocity. any like, like it, when you're in a car and you turn really fast and you, you get jerked to the side, uh, that's not an inertial reference frame. Right. Because you're like, because otherwise you would be like, what's the force pushing me to the right. That doesn't make any sense. Cause if you, if you think of yourself as in the car stationary frame that if you thought about it as inertial frame, that, that force would be like some strange weird yeah. force. It's actually a fictitious force because the car itself is accelerating yeah. or like in an elevator when you go up and you feel yourself being pushed down. Yeah. At least at the beginning. Yeah. So it's a frame where like all the physics is the same basically.
1: Okay. That makes sense. And what's that called again? An An
0: inertial reference frame. So if you're traveling in a car at a constant speed and there's a parked car next to you, there's no difference in the physics, whether you're the one moving and the car is stationary or the car is actually moving backwards and you're stationary. Okay. There's no difference in terms yeah. of physics. sweet okay and then the second one is that the speed of light is constant in all frames and so that's not exactly something that you would intuit that's almost that's very strange because you would think okay if the speed of light is say 10 meters per second
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's much faster than that but it's yeah. like 10 meters per second and you were able to go 10 meters per second, it would look like this, the light was just sitting next to you because you'd be going yeah. at the same speed. Or you could even go faster than it, that it would look like it was going backwards, or you could at least make it go slower or something. Yeah. But Einstein had this thought experiment, what if you were to catch up with the speed of light? What would it look like? Mm-hmm. But then you have to think about what light is. So what it is, is it's an electromagnetic wave, which is an electric field that's just oscillating. It's going up and down. It's moving up in time. And because of Maxwell's equations, which describe electricity and magnetism, which are both sort of the same thing, yeah, the, the time change in the electric field causes there to be a magnetic field that's, like, sort of perpendicular to it. And that also oscillates with the electric field. I can't do this with my hands. This is like the, <laughs> the I don't know, pat your stomach. Yeah, yeah. But you have, like, one's oscillating like this, one's oscillating like this. And the, the electric field... Going up and down causes the magnetic like it, it creates this magnetic field. Okay. Because they're changing.
1: Yeah.
0: But if you if you were to catch up with it, they wouldn't be going up and down. They'd just be stationary because they wouldn't be moving anymore. Yeah. And so they'd be stationary, but according to Maxwell's equations, then there wouldn't be any wave and there wouldn't be any light. So it's almost like a contradiction. Whoa. Whoa. And so Einstein's like, this, this can't be. This can't be. He was like really upset about this. He was like, I don't know, he's like 18 or something, maybe 20.
1: Yeah. And yeah. It's like
0: it can't be. And they had all these weird ideas about like ether and stuff. Yeah, I remember like, though. No, no I, I, this on principle, I think this can't happen. So the speed of light must be constant no matter what speed you're going. And so that was his idea. And then he derived all the stuff that comes out of that. So those two, those are the two postulates. Okay. And that creates special relativity.
1: And most, I mean, most physicists are like, this is what's up, right? Are there okay. people doubting special rel- relativity today?
0: not in terms of like any like if if people are downing it they're downing it in like the really fundamental level where like oh maybe it's like a quantum theory of gravity or something sure. that but for the scale that we observe on a day-to-day basis it's like gospel basically
1: okay so um man what what are what are what is traveling at the speed of light you said it's a wave but is it is it like photons? Is it electrons? Like if you yeah, were to pull up next to no, I think
0: it's it's photon is just a word for the electromagnetic wave. Okay. But it comes in like packets. So like a photon is a packet of this wave. Okay. But it is, that's all it is. It's electric and magnetic field, which is what makes it special in that sense. Because it's traveling through nothing. It's just this field that causes it's,
1: Isn't the packet like traveling through space?
0: Yeah but the space has nothing in it. Okay. Well, it, it could have something in it, but in principle, well, it doesn't have to have anything in it.
1: Are photons made of electrons? Are they smaller than electrons? What?
0: No, they're, they're made of no. They're made of, they're, they don't have any mass or anything. Well, Okay. These fields.
1: Wow. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow.
0: Yeah. So you could say, oh, it's a photon, but a photon is just the electromagnetic wave. So it's, it's sort of like just defining it.
1: It's how about when we get hit with like, with rays from the sun,
0: yeah. So that's a photon, or okay. that's a light wave.
1: So it's light wave, but like that goes into my skin and heats it up. Yeah.
0: So right? it's like, it's just energy. Okay. It's massless energy that travels through space.
1: How about neutrinos? What are neutrinos? Those
0: are they do have mass, or at least we think they have mass? We don't know the exact mass. Okay. There's at least know they have a. There's a difference in mass between some of them. That's what we can measure. I think.
1: And. Do neutrinos have, like, spin or anything like that?
0: Yes, I believe so. Uh, I think so. Okay. I, think, I think they must. They must have spin. Because okay. photons have spin.
1: Photons have spin? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that.
0: They have integer I... spins, as opposed to, like, electrons, which have half spin, which is it's also a convention. You could say, oh, the electron has one, Well, the photon is two or something.
1: Okay. Well, because fo- electrons freak me out, right? Because there's like the wave, the, yeah. the wave versus particle debate, and there's the collapse yeah. of the wave function. Uh, so, in my head, I'm thinking like photons are like a, a wave packet type thing. Yeah. And that, that seems to me really similar to like an electron, which is like this wave.
0: Yes. In a, yeah. In that sense, there are, there's not, because they're both fundamentally described by a wave function. Yeah from like Schrodinger's equation. Yeah. which is quant- the quantum the quantum mechanics basic equation. Okay. Yeah. Just describes how a particle like a particle is not really a particle, it's like a probability distribution Yeah. of an electron's existence. It's
1: like a cloud, right? It's like
0: yeah.
1: Well, and that that packet language kind of reminds me of the same thing. It's like you it, you think you have this electron but it's really like this it's here and it's somewhere in that little like packet yeah until you look at it and then apparently you can make yeah. it in one spot.
0: So I, I know I have colleagues that feel very strongly about the collapse of the wave function out being a, a bunch of BS. Yeah. So I won't comment on that because I've, I've never listened to their argument long enough to understand why they think it's BS.
1: I hope it is. I don't like, I don't like the collapse of the wave function stuff I've, that it freaks me out. And it's all this, it, it opens the door for all this weird woo woo stuff. I, I just wrote a paper on uh, the simulation theory mm-hmm. and uh actually one of, one of the dudes it's really fascinating he's a computer scientist uh, rizwan burk and he says yeah the, the collapse of the wave function actually makes sense if we're living in a computer game because uh if you look if you look at any kind of computer game they don't need to render the whole world they only render where you're looking and so when you look over to the right that didn't actually exist that part of the map but it renders once you look there and he's saying "Yeah, it's probably the same thing with the electrons you know they're a wave until you look at observe them and then they collapse down into a particle and it's like that's really interesting actually and i hate that you said that i don't like that that's so weird and there's other reasons to not believe you're in a a computer simulation but that's one of the things that they're saying uh yeah computer simulation is a theory of everything because it can unify uh you know einsteinian and quantum physics well you know it's pretty popular level and it's pretty yeah yeah,
0: i know i've heard a lot about it okay a lot of people that like to I mean, I know LaBrogant loves to talk about it. And like, I think Elon Musk and there's also the the guy who wrote Gilbert is also a big fan of it. Oh,
1: yeah, man. Yeah. It's the thing. It's 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 funny because you're like, hey, man, uh, let me tell you about like let me tell you about my faith a little bit. You know, so I believe God made the God. What are you talking about? Dude, you're so stupid. And it's like, well, what do you think, man? Well, obviously, we live in a computer simulation and there's a simulator. And like, well, was a simulator like a person like us? And they go, yeah. And then you're like, well, who made that simulator? Or they're like, no, it's not like us. It's like this immaterial thing that's like a genius. And like, well, that sounds a little bit more like God though. It's a it's a fun yeah. conversation. I do like it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do an episode on that here coming up. But okay, so fo- dude, you're blowing my mind with the photon stuff. Is this uh so you work on like the the grand scale though? You're working on like big black holes and stuff, right? Yeah. Do you deal with this kind of small stuff that often, like photons? Yeah. Okay. Well, well cool.
0: yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when you do, so usually I run simulations that are just like hydro or magneto hydrodynamics.
1: That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. That's awesome. So if
0: you want to hear it, it's really the whole thing is, is uh, general relativistic magneto hydrodynamics.
1: That's so cool. Uh, that magneto is epic, dude. That's great. Yeah, that's uh, magnetism, something with magnetism?
0: Yeah, magnetic fields plus fluid dynamics
1: okay that's and
0: then after the fact after you run the simulation you can calculate the light that gets emitted from that because it's a bunch of hot electrons so what creates light is moving electrons or accelerating electrons
1: yeah okay
0: Charged particle but electrons accelerate much faster because they're have less mass
1: yes okay that's that's why i wanted to bring them in so so okay dude electrons they're, they're going really fast. Do they send out like a photon or what? Yes. Where does that photon energy come from?
0: It comes from the energy of the electron.
1: And when the electron, the electron has to lose that energy, right? It's not just coming out of nowhere. Okay.
0: So sometimes it becomes from the electron is bound to an atom and it has discrete energy levels. Like this is like the quantum or not quantum. Well, it is quantum, but it's the stuff you learn in like chemistry 101 in college, yeah. maybe high school. Where they're like energy levels, and you're like, "What are these energy levels?" I don't know. Shut up. It's yeah. an energy level, and then so they jump from a en- higher energy level, yeah, to energy level, and that's what the photon of exactly that energy gets emitted.
1: Yeah, it releases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that part of it. I remember the jumping. Yeah.
0: yeah. So other ways that it can emit electrons, if it's like a free electron, it's just moving all over, and any acceleration of that will cause it to radiate. So radiate, in other words, create a photon.
1: Is, is there some, I'm sure there's probably like a calculation. So you can say like a electron with this charge or whatever, like moving that's free is going to lose all its energy at, by this yeah. time. Is that possible? Yeah.
0: Exactly. yeah. Okay. Nice uh, dude. On a radiation mechanism, like there's like the one way is what's called synchrotron, which is an electric field or a, a, there's a, a magnetic field and the electron, because of the magnetic field, it just spirals around the magnetic field like this yeah 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 the whole time it's emitting radiation so it's get it's like spiraling less and less and less and less and so we said the the time that's it's called like the cooling time or like the synchrotron cooling time or something like that yeah
1: dang okay well do you know any do you know a little bit about magnets then too sort of okay
0: Depends well, on what you want to know about magnets well,
1: dude okay so,
0: until you ask me something that i don't know
1: yeah 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 so i uh when i was a kid i was obsessed with like sharper image do you remember sharper image stuff
0: it sounds very familiar it's
1: like, it's like this store with just useless stuff but it looks really cool like a pen that does this weird thing okay. i had this thing called like the uh gravitron i think and it's like a it's like a top and you put it it's got like this uh base that's made of magnets you can't see it's really slick looking and it's just got a uh like a pen point that goes against some glass to kind of keep it there otherwise it would keep going that way because the magnets in the thing and the magnets in the base so it's like basically just think of like a pen and a base and the pens hitting there and it's spinning by itself and you spin it and it just floats and it's super cool like dude what where's that magnet getting its uh charge from
0: Right, so it's not charge. Okay, it's so charge create electric fields, but okay. moving. Well, there is charge, but moving charges create magnetic fields.
1: Moving charges so, create magnetic fields. Yeah. Okay.
0: Stationary charges create electric fields. Moving charge. Well, the moving charges create electric fields and magnetic fields.
1: Okay. But,
0: yeah. So, but in general, magnetic fields are easier to create because okay. you don't need an exposed charge. Which is very hard to maintain because if you have a bunch of positive charge, negative charge will snap onto it. Just like oh, when you, get yeah, when you get shocked, that's just yeah. electrons. Like, oh, I want to be neutral. Okay. Um, I'm I'm, I'm poking wood, so it's not working. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. So man, so there, it's like the electrons in the metal, in these metals, yeah. Have like this, they sort of have their own little motion, and so they have like this little bit of magnetism, and in a magnet. So each one has like a little vector of a magnetic field. Okay. In a lot of metals, those are all random. Yeah. But in a magnet, you get it so that they're all frozen in like exactly the same direction.
1: Yeah.
0: It all builds up to like a coherent, big magnetic force.
1: Cool. And that's what happens. How do you, how do you.
0: Electric field, because there's also protons in there. So the protons cancel out the, the, otherwise there would be an electric field as well, but there are also protons. Okay. Net charge. But there's this magnetic field because the charges are moving.
1: Well, how, how would you or, how would you get all the uh, vectors to point in the same direction?
0: I forget how you do it.
1: S- something through electricity, probably. Yeah,
0: I'm, like I think you gotta like you put it through a magnetic, an external magnetic field, and so all the all the little vectors will align. Like ah. I think you like, heat it up, and so they're more free to move. Sure. And put it in a magnetic field, and they all align, and then you cool it down.
1: It sounds right.
0: It's sort of, that's so, something that I remember.
1: Dang, that's so they, cool. Ah, it's so weird. I it used to bother me so bad that we were made of electrons and stuff, because I think like I'm a solid, dude. Come on. Yeah. But then, and when I first learned about neutrinos, it drove me insane because all these little things passing through me. But
0: is well, doing the same thing. So, what'd you say? I said, well, dark matter is probably doing. Yeah, the same.
1: yeah, yeah. And then we get to dark matter, man. Like, have we talked? We talked about Fermilab before, right? Have we? So one of my friends works at Fermilab as um he's like an, an environmentalist there. So he's, he like checks all the water and make sure for me, he's not like uh dumping anything or anything like that. And it's a sweet job, but you he, he went through and...
0: when they are jumping something.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You just gotta like, oh,
0: wow. That's bad. <laughs>
1: just cover that up. Put some dirt over that part. Uh But so uh last time I was there, he, he gave me a couture and they're really big into dark matter. They want to be like the number one force or the number one studying whatever research place on, on dark matter. And so I'm getting all excited about it. They're sending like, they're sending dark matter or something uh, underground to like a, uh, a mine in Minnesota. And they're like, it's crazy. Cause you can send it through the earth or whatever. And then I was all pumped up about it. And I put it on Facebook and someone was like, yeah, I guess if you believe in dark matter and I was like, what? And then it turns out there's like, that's something people are really strong about. They feel real strong about that. There is no dark matter. Have you heard of that? There's people who like think dark matter is a hoax.
0: No, but I've heard about people who think the Earth is flat. So there's okay, okay. a big stretch. To but them. so,
1: like, dark matter is a thing. You believe like it's it's for real.
0: I'm it. It's a thing in the sense that there's a bunch of stuff that's dark that we don't see that interacts gravitationally.
1: Yeah, and you can see because of its like effects, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Absolutely. I mean I like crack well so so one of the best things about ever doing anything that's slightly in public is that you'll get crackpot emails as a scientist. Yeah. And so one of these guys like thought dark matter was a bunch of crap or something. And but like he didn't understand basic Newtonian gravi- gravity that you learn in like high school. Yeah. He's yeah. like this doesn't make any sense because the objects are orbiting like this but it, but if you just do like gm over r it it like the mass doesn't match. And it's like, no, guy, there's this dark matter. The point is that the dark matter is spread. It's not a point mass. It's like oh, yeah. spread out because it the fact that it doesn't interact with anything means that it's like very diffuse and it doesn't like concentrate.
1: Yeah, we talked so about that.
0: It's all spread out. So then these galaxies move in a, or the the distribution of stars moves in a way that is much different than around a point mass. Yeah and but but i don't know i i had a great time reading this guy's website <laughs> especially when they're mean is when you can really have fun it's because yeah. they're all so mean you don't feel bad about making fun of it right right, so, right. One that are nice one guy was like really concerned about the black hole about how we're all gonna die because the black hole or something i was like actually the black hole is so far away it's not really doing anything like to us where the gravitational force is negligible he's like thank you i'm
1: sorry huh. <laughs> that's great
0: like i was yeah. like oh you're welcome
1: yeah dark matter to me when you say it's like spread out i think of like a weight blanket it's like weight blankets are weird have you ever had You any experience i, the I haven't but had one. if you ever use one it's super duper weird because it's like everywhere it's not like if you had like a medicine yeah. ball on you it's just like everything's heavy and yeah. that's just i don't know if anyone's listening maybe that'll help you uh come up with with a concept in your head but it's like diffused out the weights all completely spread out and it's just there and so like yeah the planets wouldn't it's not like if it was circling around a black hole which would have more yeah a dense center or something right okay all right so so this gets us into like like we're talking relativity it gets us into uh, time travel and time yeah. kind of stuff, and so I've I've had a couple uh, conversations with philosophers on time, and so now we're talking uh, the physics of of time tra- travel and stuff like that. Um, so you you sent me a couple of things that that you'd be willing to talk about. So presentism, uh, for the listeners who have listened to my conversation with Taylor Sear, you'll know what presentism is. It's basically that you know uh, what exists is the present. Uh, Sean, what what do you think about presentism, man? Is is that your preferred? theory no, of time
0: no so no, okay. it's completely incompatible with special relativity
1: interesting but There's
0: no way to reconcile it unless you also say that not only does the present only the present time exists but only the present space exists so that would be like you as yourself is the only thing in the universe that is existing right now yeah, but yeah. there is no now there is no now that is the same for everywhere and I can like, so in special relativity, if you have an event happening like here and here and you're both sitting still and you think that like, let's say lightning strikes these, these spots both at the same time. Yeah. You're like, okay, that happened at exactly the same time. I know that is now, but some guy that was going really fast this way and he passes by as lightning is strike striking to him One of these will happen first. Yeah. Like Lightning will strike here first and then here. And he could also go in a different direction and then he would have the opposite happen. So there's this whole smeared out now. It's like, well, this could be now, but this also could be now. Yeah. And this could be now. And in fact, events can happen before or after each other if they're separated by a large enough distance. Yeah. So if, if two events are separated so far that you can't communicate between them, like you can't say, can't one can't say, okay, this just happened and send a light beam to the other guy saying, okay, now, that just happened. Now this is going to happen. If yeah. that is too large, they can happen in any direction or any, any order.
1: So the present moment, if presentism were true, would have to be longer than a moment.
0: Yeah, it would have to be this really fuzzy kind of, diffuse again using diffuse like time diffuse yeah this have you seen the movie the Langeliers? what's it called the Langeliers. oh it's some like random movie that i had never heard of when i was a kid and i we watched it in my friend's house he just had this thing he had the vhs and it's this really weird thing they're in an airplane and suddenly everything's weird they land everything's like it's like the sound is all messed up and nobody's there at, like people have disappeared from the plane they're like what's going on and this is going to be a major spoiler but this movie yeah. probably doesn't even exist anymore so yeah, bring it, it turns out they were like in the past but there were these things called the langeliers that were like eating the past
1: uh so they
0: were running out of time yeah so like that's but they were in the past and the present was like still going on but they were stuck in the past so there was this like growing length of past but that was also being eaten up at the back yeah. so maybe that's how you could think about it is like the past there's like this interval that exists, but like these Langeliers are coming and eating the past and the, and the present is just and the pushing forward into the future or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. 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 That's good. I like the Langeliers thing. That's something that like a philosopher might hear and they'll make like a, uh, that'll be the title. Of the yeah. That'd be good, man. Yeah, definitely-
0: there's some weird guy the whole time, like, like tearing newspaper strips and like ner- having a nervous breakdown like the entire movie. Yeah. And, and he was like, "It's the Langeliers. My mom always told me about them and they scared me." And then I don't know, it was it's such a weird movie.
1: Someone's got to introduce like a the famous
0: Langeleers. director. I don't know. Or from a from a, it might be like a Stephen King story
1: or something. Okay. It's it's definitely interesting. Uh yeah, it's weird, but time time
0: more about whether there was actually a limit to what could be now. Like if you're arbitrarily far away, you might be able to be arbitrarily far in the past. Like if depending on yeah. what frame you're in, like it could be you could be say that's now, but then somebody going really fast could say like that was arbitrarily far in the fa- in the past. Yeah. So I'm not sure how why this interview might be.
1: Yeah. Well, because relatively relativity says um, that time and space are like intricately, uh connected that you can't you don't yeah. separate them out, and so cool. like. On on Jupiter time is faster or slower? Faster. Cause heavier.
0: It would be slower, yes, because it's heavier. Is it heavier? Yes. But it depends on how far out you are. I don't know what the surface gravity is.
1: Oh, okay.
0: More massive. It's more massive, but I think it's also much bigger in size. Yeah. So it could be more massive, but at the surface you're much farther away. So it might yeah. be less gravity.
1: That's, oh, so, a, and as you approach, like, the center, time would change, kind of like, like, spaghettification or something? Yeah. Okay. It's so weird. It's so weird. Uh, okay, so, so let's talk, like, external and internal time, then. Yeah,
0: so I, uh, along the same lines, I don't think there is a way to define external time. It's a bunch of different ex- internal times that you have to compare in some way. Like, every object at every point, or every point has its own internal time. If that makes sense. Every
1: point does.
0: Like um, every point in space and not even actually every point in space every every frame. So not just a point but how fast you're moving at that point.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so that that would be a frame. That would be the yeah. point plus the speed.
0: So there's like an infinite number of frames and those are so you those are all individually could be different times.
1: Because one frame could include two points or something?
0: Well, one frame is always like localized to a very a point okay and it's moving at some speed so that's a frame that's all a frame is' It's like you're at a point and you're moving at a speed
1: well so something else wouldn't that be finite in, in because the universe is finite
0: no because there are infinite number of points even within like right here
1: there's an infinite there's yeah. an actual are you sure it' could
0: be there then you could be point one centimeters to the right or it could be point01 centimeters to the right it could be 0. 0.001 centimeters okay. to the right 0. 0.0001 and there's n- no limit it's like the ma- the number of numbers between one and two it's yeah right levels of infinity
1: yeah so there's like a debate w- whether it's like an actual infinity right this goes back to like uh you've heard of like Zeno's paradox and stuff like that yeah. from yeah intro to philosophy courses those are the best and and he oh, wow. Zeno Zeno's a uh a, a rationalist and he's like no, there motion is all uh, an illusion because things can't move. Right? You shoot an arrow, and at each arrow, or in order for this arrow to get to that bullseye, it has to point. It has to move from point one to point two to point three. But in between there, just like you said, there's point. There's zero point one. There's zero point two. Zero point zero one. And so it has to actually cross an infinite to get there. And that's illogical. That's crazy. So. It must be. Let's follow the math here. Let's be mathematicians, and we say no motion is illogical. It just looks like things are moving, but we know from our math it's impossible. And so it depends on what you're prioritizing. But that's a that's a good. So you just brought up Zeno's paradox in the infinity of points between your fingers here, which is wild. Which makes motion seem pretty weird. Like yeah, like Zeno's not crazy. I don't think. I think he was actually really smart, but it's super weird to think that we're like traversing infinites when we take a walk to the fridge.
0: Yeah.
1: That's crazy. I I haven't looked into that enough. I know there's, there's probably some philosophers out there who are saying I'm totally wrong on that. And do you know, it's a dummy, but okay. So, so because, because there's all these frames, I could have a frame. I feel like you could have one, you could have more than one frame for one point, but maybe not. Oh
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: You could have do Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool.
0: There's even more than infinite.
1: Yeah, which is another weird thing, right? It's like there's more...
0: There levels of infinity.
1: Is that technical or did you just make that up?
0: It's technical, yeah. It's called cardinality.
1: Cardinality?
0: I never studied it very much, but we brought it up. But like yeah. cardinality, yeah, like... Uh, trying to think of an example. Like there's an infinite number of integers, right?
1: Yeah, so I hope you bring, bring this up.
0: higher level of infinite number of number like real numbers
1: yeah which is nuts i just saw that the other day yeah and it's like well they're both infinite yeah but one's more one infinity has more numbers than the other infinity you're like but they're both infinity it's like yeah but one one's bigger (laughs) it's so weird
0: Lightyear had it right to infinity and
1: beyond yeah he must have been talking yeah yeah
0: do that in calculus class i was like this nerdy little kid who never said anything is really awkward but like if you wrote like the integral did, did you take calculus? No. Uh, well, you write integrals and like there's the, the like these symbols and they have limits. Like it goes from zero to infinity. Okay. And I would be like, I would write like zero to infinity and then and beyond. <laughs> Do
1: you get laughs out of that one?
0: I think by like one person, maybe okay. yeah, it, was, it was like the time in your life when laughs are not determined by like actual comedic value, but by your status in society. Oh man. In high school society.
1: Yeah, that's You'd not be the funny. most
0: hilarious person ever, which I thought I was. Yeah. Like because I was like a nerdy, unpopular person, nobody laughed. But really, it was because it wasn't that funny.
1: That stuff drove me insane though, man. I hated that. Cause I would I would think about stuff and be like, wait, no, this was like an objectively funny joke, and all of you should have got this. <laughs> because last week we talked about this in class. Like, I don't understand. But it's like, oh, I wasn't tall. Like the tall kids yeah. would get all the attention and they were, Oh, that kid's so funny. Like, oh yeah. I'm glad we're past that. I think. Um, okay, so Okay. So we have an internal and external, but this, this is something that that gets me going, dude. Uh, the twin paradox. Yes. You can tie it all together now. Yeah. So do you want to lay that out for us?
0: Yeah. The twin paradox. The funny thing about the twin paradox is that nobody ever mentions the paradox part. They mention the part that's weird, but not the paradox. So the twin paradox, you hear about it. It's you have two twins that are starting on earth and one is an astronaut. Well, maybe they're both astronauts, but only one gets to actually go on the, the journey. Yeah. And one goes on a rocket ship to a faraway planet, traveling close to the speed of light. And then he turns around and he comes back and he reaches home and he finds out that he's actually aged. He's, he's younger now than his twin by a significant amount. Yeah. So, is he less time elapsed for him in that sense, his internal time? he had much less internal time than this other guy who just sat on earth. Yeah. Aged uh, more than he did. So it depends on the numbers. Like it could be like five to 10 years, five to eight years, whatever. It just depends on how fast you're going. And it could be like a very large, like almost an infinite, I think it is infinitely The parameter space of how much the guy can age is infinite. Like he could be arbitrarily old or arbitrarily young compared to the, the other one. So it could be like 5 years versus 10 years, 5 years versus 100 years, 5 years versus 1000 years. Oh okay. To, okay. to the speed of light like 0.99c, yeah, yeah. 0.99, 0.99 times the speed of light or 0.999 or 0.9999. Okay.
1: Now, is it impossible to travel the speed of light? Yes. Okay. Can you why is that?
0: That's the sort of the postulate again. That's like the basic postulate So that would be if you travel at the speed of light, you would see a stationary light wave, but that doesn't make any sense. In other words, like,
1: yeah. Would you be stretched out? Would it be like, because if you were to travel that, would you then have to like become a wave?
0: No, you would just see light as normal. No matter how fast you're going, it would look the same. That's why, that's why relativity is so weird.
1: Well, Einstein's thing was like I, I think I just read this book on uh, Girdle. Do you know anything about Girdle at all? You heard that name? He's a mathematician. He was like young. Oh, <laughs> well, Yeah. How do you how do you say it?
0: Well, no, you're saying it right. I'm, oh, okay. I, I just know what is Godel.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gird, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um. So, uh, because I was reading this book on him, he was friends with Einstein, and they were like these kindred spirits and stuff. And I think. Einstein's whole thing was what you said earlier, but it sounded like like a little fourteen year old would say, like, if I look over at a at a photon or look over at this, at light, like, what would it be like if I looked yeah. over yeah. at it, right? Yeah. Which is like something that I would. This is great. That's like I can get down with that. I've thought yeah. about that. It's cool. Yeah. But so, if you looked over at it, it wouldn't be moving. So he ended up saying that. Explain what he said because he's he said it's like it it doesn't make sense that you'd look over and it wouldn't be moving, right?
0: Yeah. Because the whole idea of what a, what an electromagnetic wave is, is things is an electric field changing in time, creating a magnetic field changing in time. If you don't have either of those components, it's not, it's just like a regular stationary electric field.
1: Yeah. And because there's
0: otherwise, or Maxwell's equations do not are different in different frames that were he's so his, his, Options were okay, either Maxwell's equation changed, physics changes in this, this frame as you go close to the speed of light, or physics doesn't change, but the speed of light is always the same in every frame.
1: Okay. So, what does that mean for him looking over at light?
0: It means that he would never be able to get to that speed. Can't do it. So, it's can't a do contradiction. It.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So, you can't travel the speed of light, but you can approach the speed of light yeah. theoretically. Like, yeah, we yeah. haven't done it or anything, but. Yeah. So there's this twin and he's an astronaut and he's flying out in space and he comes back and he might be 10 years younger than yeah. his twin on Earth. Yeah. And, and, and is that the paradoxical part?
0: No, that's just the weird part.
1: Okay. Because paradox- that's what I've heard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's the thing. Nobody ever goes into the paradox. You think yeah. that's, there's no paradox there. It's just weird, right? Yeah. There's no logical paradox. But the, the paradox or the seeming paradox is imagine it from the astronaut's point of view. To him, it just looks like the twin Earth just goes away really fast. He's the guy in that. The rocket ship is just sitting there. And then the Earth comes back really fast. And the whole time, he's looking at the, the other guy or the other guy's clock is moving slow with respect to his clock. Because the idea is that moving clocks run slower than stationary clocks
1: yeah so you, so you give each a clock, and then you send them off and you bring them back and their clocks are now five years off right yeah 10 years off
0: so both of them at every point in time their clocks look like the other one's clock looks like it's going slow yeah because in each one's own frame they're stationary the other one's moving fast
1: oh is that is that part of it can, can they see each other's clocks yeah so there's like a, a there's,
0: there's, there's so there's two effects there's the effect of the light propagating like cuz there's finite speed of light so light is going to take a certain amount of time cuz he's moving away it's going to take a little longer or something there's this effect but w- but in in terms of this this paradox all you need to think about they they got the light and they calculated when the light was emitted yeah so they like accounted for all that sure so the the clock would actually be slow it's not just appears to be slow but the clock is actually slow in this frame
1: yeah yeah. And it's, and it doesn't seem, it's just like you're just moving. It's not like any kind of magic going yeah. on. I'm just moving. And now this clock is going very slow, but I know that it's not going slow. It's just because of me. So it is like an appearance, but it actually it is, is going, going slow. slow. Yeah. It actually is. But, but the it's other twin right. is like, no, it's not.
0: Yeah. The, the but, twin is like, my clock is normal. Your clock is slow. The other twin is, my clock is normal. Your clock is slow. They're both right.
1: Well, does, and so does I'm, it, does the twin on earth think that his twins clock is going faster or slower yeah, than his?
0: Slow. Slower.
1: He thinks his, his twins are going slower. Yeah.
0: They both think the other ones is going slow. Why? are they, They're both right. They don't just think it. They're both right.
1: Well, how, why is the, why is the one that's moving in space? Why would that appear to be slow or why would that be going slow?
0: Cause he's going fast compared to the, so it's all relative. It's yeah. all relative to your own frame. So to the guy on earth, the other guy is going fast, and then he comes back. He's still going fast. So he's going fast, so his clock goes slow. And okay. if you really want an intuitive way to, to why the clock is going slow, imagine you had a clock that was light traveling in between. Like you count up and down as one second. Uh-huh. It's, that's one second. So you're just bouncing up and down. One second, one second, one second. But now it's moving. So now the light is going like this in react like to a stationary observer it's going okay. up yeah so you're saying okay every time it goes up and down that's one second because the guy sitting stationary he's just seeing the light go up and down it's not yeah. moving to the side so him is still one second one second one second but to the guy sitting stationary it looks like light is going diagonal like that
1: yeah and so, so now it's covering space as long distance. as yeah,
0: yeah. So it goes more distance so it looks like the the time is actually so what one guy would call one second is slower than what the other guy would call one right. second light light is going the same speed in each each to each person
1: it's covering more
0: space yeah. More distance yeah,
1: okay, okay, so that makes sense for the for why the twin on earth would see the twin in space the the traveling twins clock to go slow. How yeah. about why would the the traveling twin see? his other twin on earth why would he think that his clock is slow why would he see that as being slow
0: because and it would actually be slow yeah because right. to him it just looks like earth is going away from him he's just sitting there in his rocket ship like if you're yeah. in a car watching the trees go by yeah you the trees are moving really fast in the opposite direction yeah so to him it's just the earth moving away and then coming back and einstein's whole idea is that it cuz he's moving at a constant speed those, the physics is the same in both frames. So either way is a valid way of looking at it.
1: Yeah, because they're both fixed. Uh, yes. What are they called again? Fixed. Per-
0: inertial frame.
1: Inertial frame, yeah. Inter- they're both Fixed inertial frame?
0: Not fixed, but just oh. inertial
1: frame. Inertial frame. Yeah. frame. They're both inertial frames. Because one's traveling at a constant and the other is still traveling at a constant because the Earth is traveling at a constant. Because the Earth, we always assume it's like still. No, it's still. But it's moving at this constant.
0: Well, it's not moving at it. It's accelerating but
1: oh yeah, because it's, it's not ellipses or something
0: compared to like what we're experiencing now. You can effectively treat it as a inertial frame.
1: Okay. Well, So this is true, but probably imperceivable, imperceptible. When you sync up, if you and I were in person syncing up our clocks, but then traveling across the country, that it's still happening. It's just we wouldn't see. Would it even be perceivable? Like, would it be? Yeah. You'd be seconds oh, ahead of me. Yeah, or I something?
0: haven't it. Uh, So like then, I don't know if it was nanoseconds or milliseconds or something, something very small, but some guy going around in a jet around the earth. And they synced up at the top, wherever they started, went around, came back. Clocks were slightly different.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I wonder if like if you have twins and one's like a stewardess, the two ladies, one's a stewardess. It could be guys, guys can be stewards. And she's here. She is traveling. The stewardess is traveling their whole life. Yeah, like for yeah, 50 human years difference. What'd you say?
0: Negligible. Yeah. Otherwise we would have noticed this already.
1: But they, they might be, they might end up being like a five second. seconds. Yeah. Younger.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many, the order of magnitude of how many flights a steward stewardess goes on and how much time that I should be able to do that. That's called the Fermi calculation. Have you heard of that?
1: Yeah. 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 We'll yeah. put the, put that into uh put that in a proposal. Get the government to sign off on that show that it that it scales yeah
0: and
1: this could be huge for the stewardesses out there you know
0: yeah that those older twin always wanted to be younger I don't yeah
1: know. yeah that's so ah, that's weird yeah if you were a couple I don't know yeah I don't it would depend on how much it changes but if you were the older twin by like a minute and you always got crap from your younger twin you could actually end up becoming the younger twin yeah that's crazy that, that is, it, the weird part is still super weird to me. The paradox is, is weird too, looking at the clocks There's and stuff. There's
0: a solution to the paradox.
1: There's a solution? Yeah. Because
0: it's physics. It has to, something has to happen. Like, it can't be both.
1: Oh, well, what's the solution?
0: The solution is that the one who traveled in the spaceship is the one that's younger.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Because
0: okay. he is not in inertial frame the whole time. He's not in the same inertial frame. He changes when he turns around, he jumps frames and up, he accelerates. But even if it's instantaneous,
1: what if, what if you just stop it before he turns around?
0: Then it- both to both of them, they're like, if, if this guy continues to move and this guy stays here, they both think that they're both right. They're both younger. <laughs> this one the other one is younger to this yeah. one the other one is younger
1: and they're both right and
0: both true because yes. they're at two different points they're two different frames two different points in space and that's sort of like what i was saying before is there is no now like time is different there's no real way to compare time at two different places two different frames yeah without coming together and being in the same frame once again
1: yeah, that's so weird, and that that messes with like the law of non-contradiction. I think where it's like, which one's
0: no, because it's not a contradiction. I mean, I guess it is. A... <sighs>
1: They're both younger, right? They're
0: yeah. what... Well, it's it's saying that there's no universal time.
1: Okay, so but
0: if they ever came together, well, there would be one true thing.
1: So the the way the reason it's a uh, contradiction is because you're you're thinking about it from your own. Inertial you're thinking frame. About
0: it as if you're like this being yeah. that sees yeah. all frames yeah. and that there's this universal truth. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, that can't be true, but it, yeah. at least yeah, yeah. special relativity it is.
1: Okay. That's not so bad. That's not so bad. Yeah. It's,
0: so it's, it's weird because what happens in practice is that the, as he's going, the, tw- the twin on the rocket looks at the other guy. He's like, wow, his clock's going slow. And when he gets there, like he's just before he turns around, he says, OK, he's this amount younger than me. Right when he turns around, suddenly this guy's age jumps like by a like four years or something. Mm-hmm. And suddenly this guy's older by a significant amount than this guy. Yeah. And then as he's going back, this guy's clock is still going slow, but he started out older. Yeah. So by the time they get back, he's seeing his clock go slow the whole time, but he still ends up being older when they come together.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's so. That's so weird. It's uh, very
0: strange. It's 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 very also very strange that the paradox part is always excluded from the demo, yeah. from the, the idea.
1: I think do everyone's mind just gets so blown by the <laughs> first part, they're like, "That's no, enough. No, that yeah, that that's
0: be the paradox."
1: Yeah. Well, it it freaks me out. Because uh, there's so much good sci-fi in there too. Like yeah. you could, like two two twins or whatever, and one accidentally hits the like approach the speed of light button and goes off this way. And It's like oh shoot, and hits it back. And they, they're yeah. to them they've only been gone for a little while, right? But like yep, No, it's been five years for us, dude. And like you, the whole mission you just ruined it.
0: Yep. Yeah, I mean that's happening in Interstellar. Yeah, 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 for a different reason. Yeah, it was Which, not there. It was gravitational time dilation. Yeah. So basically the same thing happens when you're close to – you're in a strong gravitational field. You don't have to be moving. You can just sit there and your clock would be running slow.
1: How strong would that field have to be?
0: Very strong. So So nothing
1: nothing we'd experience on Earth?
0: No. Well, I mean, we experience it to a very small degree.
1: But like up at like the North Pole, they're not experiencing time differently, are they?
0: Yeah, a little bit.
1: But okay, yeah, because everywhere, if I move over to that point, this gonna yeah. be different than this, right? So but like, like
0: um, I think it's true that this effect needs to be included for uh, GPS.
1: Oh, okay.
0: That, but I've never done the calculation or seen it done. Yeah. Sort of things, that people always throw it out. It's like GPS requires general activity to some level to be accurate.
1: But, because you're, you're moving.
0: Yeah. yeah, I can't confirm or deny that based on my own. Okay.
1: Man, that's what's so... Uh, there's so many cool things about the world that's like... we just keeps surprising. Like, you would not think that. You would not think that what we talked about, the speed of light, that doesn't make sense. But okay, now I get it. You can make sense of why it doesn't make sense. But like, the same thing. It's just so odd that the world would be like that. Yes. And then something that's oh, so um, I'll i just plug this book. I don't, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but I don't really like Rebecca Goldstein or Goldstein. I'm not sure of the pronunciation she prefers. Um, but this book was awesome. It's called Incompleteness. It's about, about Girdle, uh, Proof and Paradox of Kurt Girdle. And uh, so it's a really good book. I recommend it actually because I don't like her and I still love the book. So that's my um, recommendation. Yeah. Well, she was talking about how people took Einstein's uh, general and special relativity and Gödel's incompleteness theorems, and people would use that to promote like postmodernism. And both of them, she was saying, like, would not be about that because they were not actually relativists. They didn't like that. They didn't want their, their things to be used in that way. Both of them somehow thought that they were still promoting an objective view of reality, and well getting close to the truth the objective truth and stuff like that but i, I thought that was so interesting to think because you hear uh, like general or special relativity gets picked up by the woo-woo folks and they're like and this is why our consciousness changes the universe and you're like well i don't know dude i'm not sure if you are qualified to talk about that
0: yeah quantum mechanics is also dangerous
1: yeah yeah you're right well dude uh, as we finish up here like did you did did Einstein play any kind of role in your wanting to study physics or or not really?
0: Yes, not necessarily the person, but his work. Yeah. So, I think one of the first times I'd got like excited about anything that was academic related, other than my high school physics class, I really enjoyed it. Like I had a bunch of fun. Mm-hmm. But then, like I, I was reading, like I think it was. A brief history of time by Stephen Hawking. Okay, like I'm not necessarily a huge fan of Stephen Hawking himself, but his again, his that I really like enjoyed that. Like he he, I understood relative special relativity for the first time, and my mind was blown. Like I was working at the movie theater at the point at that point, and I was I came in, I was trying to explain to everybody that I worked with special relativity, and I was just like, you guys, you gotta understand this. It's it's gonna blow your mind. Yeah, and. Yeah, so I, I got really excited about it, but in terms of Einstein the person, I actually like the most. I know about. I didn't really know that much about Einstein until my roommate, a couple years ago, gave me a book on Einstein and Schrodinger. Okay, so I a little bit more about Einstein.
1: Yeah. Okay. Do you do you um? Do you know anything about like Schrodinger's uh, cat kind of stuff? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Out? Yeah.
1: Can we talk about that really quick before we? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, okay. Yeah, I, I'm I a so what I've heard was that Schrodinger was like he was trying to show a he was trying to show an absurdity yeah. and say like if you were to follow this and this yeah. and this we'd have to say this cat is both alive and dead but we wouldn't say that right so let's not do that but on the popular level everyone goes so there's this cat and he's he's yeah. both alive and he's dead in a box can you just like lay it out for us.
0: You mean the, the whole Schrodinger's cat thing?
1: Yeah. Are you able to do that? Or?
0: Yeah. So it's it's the idea is that I might get the exact details wrong, but the idea should be correct. Okay. So there's like a jar of poison. Uh-huh. And there's also some radioactive element yeah. in a box, and there's a cat. Hopefully it's the cat that's upstairs because nobody likes that cat. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's so it's radiating. So this thing is radiating. Well, radiation is is – in general, it's a probabilistic thing. Like it's not like, Oh, it radiates exactly at this time all the time. There's, it's just like, Oh, it might radiate now or it might radiate a little bit later or a little later. So you're always just kind of waiting for it to emit something. Okay. And so the poison is set up just so that if it gets radiated on, it'll break and the poison will hit the cat and it will die. Mm -hmm. And so then the idea is that you're, you cut, you're in this box and there's no way to look inside the box or hear it or anything there's no way to observe mm-hmm. and so at any particular moment you have no idea whether the poison has been released or not so it's essentially the cat is both alive and dead until you open the box and figure out whether it is actually i think about this in terms of prayer all the time okay like if you're praying for somebody but like the thing that you're praying for has already happened but you don't you haven't observed it yeah it's like schrodinger's prayer
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: like, oh, I hope they do well on their exam or something. But they've yeah. already they took the exam like an hour ago. You just haven't heard whether they've done well.
1: Yeah, or or um, is
0: like, there still point in praying about it? Right.
1: Or, or if you're in different time zones, right? That, yeah. That's when I think about a lot. Where I'm like, oh shoot, I said I was going to pray for this dude. I Just realized that happened like two hours ago. Yeah. And some people will be like, well, no, I believe in B theory of time, and I think that God honors my prayers, and there's backwards causation, so but God did know that I was going to cuz he's omniscient and so he attributed that prayer towards him moving and helping this guy of the test. I don't like that. I don't like backwards any kind of backwards causation, yeah. but it makes you feel kind of nice if you forget to pray for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so do you remember like why why yeah. did Schrodinger what 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 was the impetus that like motivated the experiment or the thought experiment?
0: Equation. Yeah, he hated his own equation. Okay. He came up with the Schrodinger equation. I think he was skiing with his seven mistresses or something. Um, no, he didn't have seven mistresses. He had like a wife and a second wife. He, okay. had, he had a whole like relationship with this other couple or something where they were just cool with each other. Yeah. In that way. Yeah. Uh, and so he had this equation and he wanted to describe quantum mechanics in a completely deterministic way. And he thought that's what it was going to do. Yeah. And so he solved the equation. And he found that it was this wave thing. And he said, oh, great. So these electrons are these, these solid wave things. And I know it at this time. I know what the wave does at this time. So at a later time, I'll know exactly what the wave is doing. So it's completely deterministic. But then other people like looking at the equation and they're like, oh, actually, this, uh, this wave thing, it's a probability function. <laughs> it's not a physical thing. It's not like it's just a wave going around. It's this. The electron has a chance to be here or has a chance to be here. Yeah. And it's always the probabilistic. And he hated that so much. I hate that too. And yeah. so he created that example, at least I'm told never trust a history of a scientist to tell you the history of science.
1: Okay.
0: I'll say that because they always try to put it in a way that makes the most sense. not yeah. the, way that's the most true yeah. history is never logical and easy to. Oh,
1: try. it's full of a bunch of crazy people.
0: Yeah, but if you yeah. hear it from a scientist it sounds like everything just happened like and then this happened and this happened yeah. it's all this logical progression. But yeah, yeah right. so the from the history of science perspective it is like okay um this is this is ridiculous it can't be probability and here's why with this cat this cat example.
1: Yeah. That's
0: ridiculous and Einstein was on board. So him and Einstein became friends because of this until I think it was Schrodinger stabbed him in the back. <laughs> because they were both working on a theory for like everything. Yeah. And they were communicating about it. And then Schrodinger just went to the press at one point. Dang. With it.
1: Dang. Well, that's was Schrodinger. Do you know about the, the, I forgot what it's called. I think it was at Princeton. Uh, uh, it was at Princeton, the uh, center for like Ad- advanced study or something yeah, like that.
0: IAS, so the Institute for advanced study.
1: Yeah.
0: Was, was Schrodinger was there? there? House. No, that was Einstein.
1: Yeah, okay. I know Einstein was there, Gödel was there, Like uh, Von Neumann was there, all these crazy dudes, which is insane. But I guess, where uh, was Schrodinger, where was he from? I was,
0: was in the Ireland equivalent of the IAS. So they had an institute that was created to be the IAS for Ireland. Oh. And Schrodinger was the big catch. He was like part okay. of it. But okay. this was after he created the equation. And he basically spent his whole rest of his life trying to live up to his reputation at this IAS by coming up with the great theory
1: of did everything. No. He? Okay.
0: Both him and Einstein were trying to do the same thing. Bro oh. by the end of their life, they were just like nobody was paying attention to them anymore.
1: That's what that's what Kurt Girdle did as well. He came up with this incompleteness when he was like twenty-three or something. And then well, he was like a real perfectionist. So I, I guess he did come up with some other stuff, but he never published it, never told anyone about it. And then he died from, like, starvation because he had all these, like, phobias. And he thought someone was poisoning his food, which is tragic and horrible. But, yeah, yeah, all these dudes, like, 23, 18, whatever, producing, and then they can never accomplish anymore which is like whatever dude they yeah. accomplish more than that I mean, that's
0: why i'm so happy that i never accomplished anything great, yeah, that's <laughs> great. i don't know you put out that's that so happy
1: you put out a uh a covid video or like a video oh, about yeah. a doctor singing that might oh, yeah. be your your bar that you're never going to pass
0: yeah That'd no i think my peak was um my exit seminar which we don't have thesis defenses we just have like exit seminars where you present your research
1: i watched that yeah
0: oh yeah well at the, did you see the end
1: I just heard people laughing, and then a bunch of just nonsense words, and then people laughing, and I was like, "He's killing it!" But I don't know what he's saying. But no, but
0: there, at the very end, I I broke into song.
1: Oh, I didn't see and that I part. I
0: sang a whole parody of uh, American Pie. It's like eight and a half minutes long,
1: but it's think- about
0: it's called My Berkeley in Time, and it's about me graduating. <laughs> That's people said they got they got really sad because yeah. it, they're like, they remembered their graduate student time and how they, like they felt when they were leaving. Oh, okay. But I feel like I'm never going to top that. Like that was, that was it. I well, just recorded. Quit.
1: At least it's recorded, dude. Yeah. That's you can put it out there. Oh, that's awesome. Well, uh, dude, this has been, this was mind blowing as always. Um, you got to come back on and blow my mind with oh, some more just, stuff.
0: Just like, so the, the thing is, There's a lot of random things that if you ask me about, like, at a random point, I will have no idea what you're talking about. But if you give me, like, a week, I'll be able to figure out what it is. I love that. It's sort of like, uh, not to compare myself to Iron Man, but I feel like every graduate student, like, if you give them something, they can figure it out in, like, three days. Yeah. Like, it'll it'll just, they'll be like, like, you know the scene in the first Avengers where, like, uh, Robert Downey Jr. walks in and he's like, blah, 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 something science. And they're like, when did you become an expert on nuclear astrophysics? And he's like, last night. Yeah. I <laughs> feel like every, every grad student can sympathize with that because it's like, oh, crap, this code is written in Fortran. I've never learned, I never knew anything about Fortran. Three days later, they're like, Fortran.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think I could do that. I'm a graduate student or whatever, but. Um,
0: Three days is an exaggeration, but like you give them like a week or a
1: couple You're in like research mode and you're like, yeah. I'm going to do it. Actually, yeah. dude, I. I don't know a ton about different generations or whatever, but I know a lot of the millennials that are scholars right now, and I love millennials because we we like want to know everything and we'll talk about whatever. So like my my millennial guests are usually my favorites cuz I'll ask them something beyond the scope of their research or beyond their expertise and they're like, ah, I really don't know, man, but let me take a stab at it." And it's like, yes, do you let, that's what we're supposed to do. And and a lot of the older dudes who I love still, they just they're like, you know what, man, that's kind of outside my thing and I'd rather not, you know, step on a rake or something.
0: Well, they also have a lot more to do. Like yeah. they have responsibilities. I don't have responsibilities yet.
1: <laughs> <That's true. laughs> yeah. Well, like, and we
0: take care of and
1: yeah, we like to step on family. rakes too.
0: See, I don't have like any significant other, so I I just I I can do whatever i
1: have time for stuff well if you start singing this man people are gonna get sad again you're talking about how you don't have responsibilities um well maybe maybe you'll meet your wife through this that would be fantastic if you're out there listening i mean this dude
0: it's your wife look at me
1: yeah yeah he's uh
0: if you like dragon ball z too yeah
1: oh okay dude i know some, some scholars who are into dragon ball z now which is wild um So, okay. So we're going to wrap this up here, but uh, Sean's going to come back on and we're going to get our mind blown some more. I hope you guys liked this one. I liked it. I'm going to have to go back and listen a little bit more, but uh, this has been Parker's Pensies. And as always, all glory to God.